Hi and welcome to Squaring the Circle, a podcast about how business owners in the creative industry balance the art and the business. Today, I'm delighted to say that my guest is commercial photographer, Graham Baker. After meeting at a networking meeting, myself and Graham sat down for chat to get to know each other. And an hour later, we were still waffling on. So I thought it best that I got him on the podcast to chat all things photography and business. However, this conversation is less about the nuts and bolts of running a photography business, but rather a deeper dive into purpose, values, and realizing what's important in life. I'm your host, Benjamin Bowles from Benjamin Film and Photography, and welcome to Squaring the Circle. Thank you so much for joining me on Squaring the Circle. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you very much. It's, uh, it's great to be invited. Thank you. No, it's my pleasure. My pleasure. Um, so I thought... I'd uh, kick off with a really easy question. <laughs> um, are you a business owner or a photographer first? Oh, that is a good question. Um, there's no right answer for that one because I'm probably both. Um, I, I, I would, what I would say actually is that I started off as a photographer first and foremost, um, but then I became a business owner um, throughout that process of starting photography as a hobby um, and for other reasons as well. And then eventually, obviously, becoming a, a full-time photographer. Amazing. Originally, what drew you to photography and how long were you doing it before you thought, actually, this, this could be a career? Okay, well, I mean, it, it's, it's, I'll try and keep it brief. I mean, it's a long story to a certain extent. But I've always been into photography. I think, um, you know, back in the day, I mean, at my age, you know, we didn't have uh, the, the sort of the quality of mobile phones that are around these days. It was, you know, a point and shoot wind camera with a film, you know, 36 exposures, 24 exposures. But I was always that one. I was that bloke who had his camera with him in his pocket down the pub, you know, out with friends and all the rest of it. Um, you know, and in my younger days, I used to be in the uh, territorial army. And, you know, I managed to get, you know, really fortunate to travel a lot. And, um, you know, again, I always have my camera with me and it was always, you know, taking pictures of um, the lads getting up to stuff and also just, you know, where I was at the time and just sort of documenting it. So I was always had that um, love for recording things through photography. But then when it, you know, I mean, after that, you know, I, I joined the, I was working in IT uh, as a systems analyst and problem manager. Um, and then I had this kind of weird sort of moment and decided to join the Metropolitan Police Service. Um, so quite a contrast in my, my, my sort of employments. But then um, it's 11 years ago, um, you know, I was still doing photography as a hobby, you know, whilst in the police. But 11 years ago, my, my wife and I, we, um, we lost our second baby. Um, she was uh, scarlet. She was stillborn due to some complications during the uh, childbirth. Um, it was a, a, what's known as it was like a double knot in her cord. So as she moved into position, the, the knot tied. And unfortunately, that sort of you know, cut off the blood supply to scarlet. And then we lost her. So going through that experience, um, it, it, I would say, as you can imagine, because you, it's very difficult to imagine what that yeah. feels like as a parent. Absolutely. Um, it, it's, it, it turns your priorities upside down. It turns your life upside down. You go through, you know, the stages of bereavement and, you know, it puts a 
massive strain on everything. It puts a strain on your relationships um, and it puts a strain on, you know, as a bloke, we are there, you know, you get that sort of self-imposed stereotype to, you know, we're the providers, we have to be strong for everybody in the family. So I took it upon myself to be that, that strong person, but mm. didn't really deal with the bereavement very much. Um, but the one constant thing that did help me a lot was photography. It was a, a sort of a, a good way to, you know, sort of have some release. It was a, an outlet, it was a way to be creative, you know, take my mind to something more positive um, from obviously the tragic loss. Um, we sort of got involved in a charity at the time called SANS, which is, I can't remember what it stands for, but it's this sort of stillbirth and neonatal um, charity. And it just so happened that there was another couple that had been through very similar circumstances. And um, the, um, the, the woman in the, cu the couple, Amanda, she was a wedding photographer <laughs> of all things. And, you know, one thing led to another, you know, she found I had an interest in photography and she basically asked me if I'd like to come and help her at a wedding one day. And I thought, well, yeah, why not? You know, it sounds like it could be a bit fun. And um, I did it and loved it. It was, um, you know, you, you kind of in that moment, you're with people that it's like the happiest day of their life. And so you, you feed off of that, you know, positive emotion, I guess. And mm. I just found I really, really enjoyed it. And from there, it kind of organically grew. I just more and more people asked, started asking me to, oh, can you do photography for this or do photography for that? And um, yeah, it just sort of carried on. Um, but then at the time I was in the, in the police. And if you sort of take money for doing anything else, so like a, a, a separate income or anything like that, um, you have to declare it as a, as a business interest. So I did that because obviously people were giving me money to take pictures of their kids and, and weddings and stuff like that. Um, so I declared it as a business interest with the Met. And I think that was the point it became wow, it's a business now. It's not just a hobby that I'm getting a few quid for. It's actually something that um, could turn into something else. And that was me. That's, uh, so that was, well, 10, 11 years ago now. Um, so I sort of carried on growing the business part-time and then uh, eventually left the Met Police. And now I do this full-time and um, uh, yeah, love it. Good stuff. Um, thank you for that. That was perfectly concise. That was great. Um, and thank you for sharing um, everything, really. Uh, I didn't actually know that about um, Scarlett, so thank you for sharing. Um, so the next question, and we'll come on to the business in a minute, but I'm quite interested in what you were saying about photography, um, documenting everything. Um, it was good for your well-being. It was a way of it was a way of life in in some ways. So now you're a full-time business owner full-time photographer do you still have that love do you still shoot for yourself yes in in the shortest possible answer yes next, I do. <laughs> next. Uh, no, next. no no <laughs> I, mean, I mean just to add a bit of context to that i think it yeah. takes time um to find what you love within photography i mean there's so many different genres you know there's you know, family photographers, business photographers, you know, underwater photographers, landscape photographers, portrait photographers, and so on and so on and so on. And I was photographing absolutely everything. But, you know, over the last sort of 10, 11 years, I guess that um, 
trying everything and understanding everything, it, it, it sort of eventually sort of started to cut off the bits and pieces that weren't quite as enjoyable as the others. Mm. And, um, you know, what I found that I really loved was, I know it sounds like really boring, but it's the business side of things. I, I think I fell in love with photography, but I also fell in love with the business side of things as well. I actually enjoy the marketing. I actually enjoy um, in the numbers and enjoy that whole, you know, un- learning about other people's businesses and why they do them. And I think that's kind of the area that, that I've kind of settled in and it seems to be what I enjoy doing. So I do enjoy that. That's not to say I don't get out and I like to, you know, um, get together with other photographers and we, you know, we'll get a model in and we'll do some creative work and stuff like that. Of course, I still love all that stuff as well. So I am lucky in the sense that I am actually doing something and I do still love. Um, I'm also lucky that I've kind of loved the business side as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm very similar, actually. And, and it's something that took me, has taken me by surprise the last few years mm. um, with regards to how much I do enjoy the business side as well as the creative side. Um, and of course they're separate and, that obvi- and that's what this podcast is all about of course but um, yeah if you can I always think if you can embrace the business side the spreadsheets the finances it does actually take the pressure off you as a person which makes you um, well it allows you to be more creative um, and because you're in a better mindset basically you're in a better headspace for that um, so yeah I would totally echo that in terms of enjoying the business side and I think that's really important as well because I always say I mean I've got I've got friends who are in the business and they're far 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 better than me in every single creative aspect however um, they just can't get to grips with the marketing or the business side and and mm-hmm. um, and at times they, they do struggle so yeah it's um, well this is an obvious plug but it's squaring that circle isn't it yeah <laughs> see what i did there no, Greg. see what i did I, I did well i can hear what you did there <laughs> <laughs> it is a podcast after all but yeah no I, I totally get that and i totally agree with you it's um um it, it's i think that you know i know that and this might come up later but um you know what sort of advice i would give people is that you, you kind of have to fall in love with the business side as well mm. um if you're going to make a living out of photography or video or, you know, or, or any sort of creative art like that, I think you have to, um, but you've also got to make sure that you retain that love for the craft because otherwise it just becomes work. And then that's not kind of why we do this in the first place, is it? Absolutely. In this, in this day and age with, to a certain extent, the industry going towards video content and different types of content, and you touched upon it earlier and uh, you mentioned smartphones and technology getting so good that actually the person on the street can take good photos are you finding it tougher to make a living just through photography or are you very or because you're very established now you're absolutely fine hmm, that's a good question it's i would say no i, I i'm not finding things tougher they're different and you have to approach things differently. Um, you know, I can't, I can't control what, you know, the things outside of my can control, you know, I can't control, you know, what people do with their smartphones and, you know, the creativity, the stuff that I see on things like Instagram, you know, I follow a lot of creative people on there and, and they're doing some amazing stuff, but, 
it's all very well being able to use this technology and take these pictures and take these images and take these videos. But you still need to have that creative edge. You still got to have a creative mind. And not everybody has that. And, and I'm not, you know, everyone can be creative, yes, but can you sustain that creativity for a long period of time, especially when it becomes part of your livelihood? And, and I'd also add that it's not, again, it's not just about taking the image, it's about the human connection. If you're taking pictures of people, especially, you know, it's been able to, you know, understand their needs and, and understand them and help them with confidence. You know, I find this a hell of a lot nowadays, and I'm sure you do with your video work. And, you know, I do a little bit of video, but, and, and obviously the photography. And quite often people are, you know, they don't like their photograph being taken. They, they think they're going to look like this. And they're going to look like that. They don't like the way they sound on video. They don't like the way that they look. And quite often they do. They look absolutely brilliant and they sound brilliantly. But you put a camera in front of their face. They don't know what to do. They can't react. They can't be their natural selves. And I'm finding this a hell of a lot at the moment. So it's all very well, you know, all this great technology and everyone's got a phone and everything else. But not everybody can actually coach the people you know coach the clients coach the other person that's on the other side of that camera you know to help them relax it's you know it's, it's very much like wedding photography um you know there are wedding photographers that will turn up shoot and go there are other wedding photographers who you know, spend time with the couples and you know trying to find out what they like and what their dislikes are so they kind of help them help the process of it so there's always going to still be that human element um, with photography um, and I think that yes it isn't I wouldn't say it's really harder but you've got to approach it differently amazing yeah that is that is a great answer you mentioned a couple of seconds ago how difficult it is to sustain one's creativity so how do you do it how do you sustain your creativity is it just because it's essentially how you pay the bills it's your line of work you have to do it so that and and so if you're anything like me because you're doing it day in day out there's going to be days where you're in that state of flow and everything is just working well and there's going to be the next day where you're wading through treacle and you and the ideas aren't coming but because you have to do it um that creativity comes back i'm just interested in in i'm just interested in knowing how it works for you in terms of creativity Good question again. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a long question as well. I, I'm, I'm just sort of thinking how to sort of phrase that. I think, how do I sustain my creativity? I think it's, it's a difficult one to answer myself. It would have to be almost as if I'd have to step outside of myself and look upon what I'm doing to answer the question, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, Do whatever you I like. Think, yeah, I think that... From, from, for myself, it's a difficult one to answer because I just love what I do. I, I enjoy it. I love the creative process. I love, you know, meeting, you know, I, obviously, as you know, I, I, I sort of do a lot of brand photography, business photography, headshots, that kind of work. So when I meet a new client for the first time, they've got a story to tell. They've got something, you know, it's understanding that. And I find that creative as well, that, you know, really getting to know the people. It's even before I've even pressed the button, it's understanding. It's not just about me turning up and taking a photo. It's, well, how can I help this person? Here is their story. 
how can I help this person tell their story better through through visuals? You know, what is it that their their messaging is trying to say? So you can be creative from that side of it as well. Um, it, it's it, when you're doing that on a daily basis, it's so much fun. Mm. Um, you know, I, literally yesterday, or no, not yesterday, the other day, the day, the day before, you know, I had a new client, we created a, a Pinterest board, we got creative, I threw some ideas, and, you know, after having a discussion. And that is fun as well, because you, you can fall down that rabbit hole of looking at images and seeing things that will inspire the photo shoot in, at the end of the day. And I think that that is what keeps it going. That's what keeps it fresh. And also, for me, in particular, it's aligning what I do with my purpose. Now, having a sense of purpose is really important. And I think that, you know, when you find a purpose, you know, what it is that you're trying to achieve in your life um, personally, if you can align that to your business goals, then it ain't working. It's not. It's you're always going to be sustainable. That energy is always going to be up to actually be creative, love the business and love meeting new people. You mentioned you were, now this is purely on the business side. So we sort of skipped away from creativity for a second, sure. but the business side is obviously very relevant for, for everything you do and everything that commercial photographers do too. You mentioned that you had a, a client meeting and you were looking at images over Pinterest, you were doing mood boards in terms of charging, does that, do you build that into the price or is that just a sort of added extra that the client can expect if they work with you um, to, to sort of get some added value? The initial contact is, is part of that whole initial contact. It's the, it's the process. I think um, something that I learned, especially with businesses, you've got to have good systems and processes in. And they've got to be efficient and having a system whereby, you know, when I've made that initial contact with a, a branding client, you know, uh, uh, you know, they have a set of questions that I would ask to find out a little bit more about what they're trying to achieve or if they've got examples. I mean, this is stuff that doesn't take long. It's, it's literally, you know, a few minutes to kind of get a grasp of what the messaging is, what they're trying to achieve, what their, their aims and their goals are with what they're trying to get with their visual content. Um, so that initial conversation is part of that exploration of whether we're a good fit for each other. After that, you know, if we're going to then, it does, I incorporate, I don't do it from an hourly perspective, but, you know, I look at it from, well, it's going to take me this long to kind of do this. It's going to take me this long to do this. And this is how many hours it's going to take to do that job. And then I quote it around based upon, either half daily rates or daily rates, depending on how complicated the job is actually going to be. Mm. Um, I think that there's, <laughs> it's a typical question for another photographer, stroke videographer to ask, or because it happens all the time in the, you know, the, a lot of the forums. How do I charge for this? How do I charge for that? Should I put my prices on my website? Should I not put my prices on my website? And there's no right or wrong answer to it. Um, you have to find what works for you. Um, not you personally, but for anybody <laughs> listening, you've got to find, they've got to find uh, a, a happy medium so that, you know, they earn what they deserve and it's priced at the right price point for the client. I think that's, it's, um, yeah, I have a system. Um, I'm not going to share every single detail on how I charge people, but 
at the end of the day, when I give the quote, everything's open and transparent. I think that's really important. Yeah, and I think the key word there is systems, isn't it? That's something that I've tried oh, yeah. to, over the last few months, get better at um, in terms of making things more efficient. So rather than something that's going to take me 25, 30 minutes, it's going to take me five minutes just to do a, a templated email. That goes there, that goes there, and then you're on to the next yeah. thing. And you don't, and you can kind of park that. Um, and that's something that has made a huge difference in terms of, time management um and just getting more stuff done actually so yeah i would i would totally agree with that having a good system a crm whatever you want to call it you know yeah. having a, a way of managing your clients expectations and fitting it in with you know the, the your pricing model whatever that might be mm, mm. i think it's yeah. really important just staying with pricing it, it's it's sort of a the like you said, there's no wrong or right way to do it. It's what feels right to you, doesn't it? And I think that the the longer you're in business and the more clients you speak to, the more clients that hire you, but also the more clients that don't, you kind of, you find your sort of, your way, I suppose. Um, and then once you found that, you found that sweet spot, it, it gets a lot easier from there. Um, but... Going on to purpose, you mentioned purpose. Obviously, this is a, a quite a deep subject. Um, so I suppose the simple question is, have you found your purpose within your life and your business? Are they mutually exclusive or are they part of the same thing? I'd say it's part of the same thing. It's certainly, I would say, no, well, not, um, how can I say, it's aligned. I think that's the word that I'm trying to, to use here. It's the, the, my, my purpose, you know, my personal purpose, what I want to achieve in life, where do I want to, where do I want to do, what, what is important to me, um, you know, what values do I hold dearly? That's the purpose. And as long as you can align your business goals with that purpose, then you've got, you know, the beginnings of something that's potentially very successful. If you're not aligned with your purpose, then you're going to end up finding fault with it. You're going to, you know, you're not going to enjoy it. You're going to, you know, you're going to not give it a hundred percent. So it's really important to define what your purpose is and every purpose is, everybody's different. And, and, you know, um, I think going for a situation when you could clearly say that you've lost your purpose, which I had when we lost Scarlett, you know, I thought, well, what's the point? What's the point of life if this is how the world's going to treat us? And, you know, what, what's the point? I've got everything, anything I do doesn't give me any joy. And the purpose is finding what that is, you know, finding mm -hmm. that thing that gives you joy and gives you purpose. Taking your business and aligning it to that, then you're up for success. Wow. And did you... So in terms of your purpose, was it, I'm trying to think of the best way to ask this question. Did you, was it very regimented in terms of you sitting down and thinking, right, I need to find my purpose within business or life? Or was it a more gradual thing that sort of seeped into your life? And then one day you sort of had it, that eureka moment. Or did you really have to be quite methodical about 
quote unquote sort of finding your purpose? It took a trigger, I think. I okay. think when um, we'd lost Scarlett, I mean, that's a trigger in itself. Yeah. But that's, a, you know, obviously a, 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 a massive negative impact. That was what caused me to realise I didn't have a purpose or I'd lost my purpose. Um, when I got involved with the charity um, Strong Men, which is essentially a men's um, sort of mental health and bereavement charity, it's, it's sort of aimed at men that, you know, we're blokes. Bloke, blokes, are, you know, we, we, we want to be the tough guy or, you know, the stereotype of it. And we don't deal with a lot of these things emotionally very well. You know, we're a little bit more of a closed book than, um, I'm not trying to be sexist in any way, but women are better at communicating their feelings as opposed to men. So the problem with men is that we bottle it up and we don't deal with it, which is what I was, you know, 10 years ago. Or 11, or less than that, because obviously, you know, once we lost Scarlet, I didn't really deal with it. And I think that, so that's one trigger. Then when I found strong men, you know, I went through different, went to charities, I had counselling and yeah, they were all very helpful, but nothing really relit the fire, so to speak. And then when I found strong men, um, the strong men charity, we went away on this, um, it sounds really weird. It's a, it's not a woo woo thing. It's, you know, it's a bunch of guys that have been through some, you know, you know, some terrible bereavement. You go away, you do something adventurous. Um, and you're not expected to talk. You're not expected to sort of talk about anything or anything like that. And you just do something. So we climbed Snowdon. We went up to Snowdonia and we climbed Snowdon together. And I think the process of climbing that mountain, being surrounded by people that got it, was in the same place that I was. That was the, the start point. That was the trigger point of actually then finding my purpose. It was the spark that kind of, you know, the reset button, as I like to call it. It was a reset. So, yeah, I guess you could sit there and define, well, what is my purpose and all the rest of it. But for me, it was a, a, um, an organic experience. You know, something sparked me to search for it. And I did that through um, the Strongman charity. And um, I kind of got into stoicism. Uh, philosophy um, and I found that that sort of helped me put things into perspective a lot more and then once things are in perspective your mind's clearer and when you can see things clearer you can see opportunities you can see the positives and that's when I found my purpose again and I think that was the key point for me the key change from yeah I'm doing photography because it helps me to I'm doing photography because it's a way of life now and business is a way of life. And I think that was the key point. Um, didn't happen overnight, but that was the starting for it. And I don't think it happened. I, I, and I don't think it needs to happen overnight, does it? Because it's, no. it's the gradual change from just bit by bit, gradually implementing photography or whatever the creative business is whatever the business is really as long as as long as it forms part of a lifestyle you're not chained to the nine till five are you? you you could do a couple of hours here a couple of hours there and it's fine because it's your lifestyle rather than your job um and i think that yeah. that was a key moment certainly for me when i actually stopped looking at the business as a job and switched it to a lifestyle that can actually work around me um yeah. and and purpose and 
why you get up in the morning is all tied to that, isn't it? Very much so. And I think that, you know, you so your journey was very different from, from, from mine, but it's it, the fundamentally the, the points of the journey are still the same. Um, it's for me, it's clarity. It's that having that clarity, that, that reset gave me clarity. And then from having that clarity, I was able to question myself, well, what am I doing? What is, you know, I don't want to get woo woo, but it's that, you know, what is what the meaning of my life? You know, what, what is it? Am I, what am I about? What, what's important to me? And then when you define that, that, okay, that is a bit methodical, but you're able to do that because of whatever reason, you know, it's, 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 it's been able to say, I need to question what my values are. And then when you can answer that, then you've found your purpose. Um, in my opinion, that's, that's what worked for me. Yeah. Um, and that's, and on this podcast um, or this episode, um, your opinion matters, Graham. So, <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> Wouldn't have asked the question. Otherwise. That's a very good point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you don't need to caveat anything um, on this episode. So this, so the next question is slightly, well, you could see it as negative. I actually think it's a positive question because um, I think that you can learn a lot from failures or, or mistakes. So in the last, let's say five years, what's, what do you think has been your biggest failure, either as a creative or a, or a businessman? Um, and when, and once you focused on it, why, why do you think it was a failure? I wouldn't say failure but it, it kind of answers your question. And I think it's probably down to when I was still in the Met Police in the, the fact that I was still in the Met Police and I was unhappy in the Met Police, but I didn't do anything about it. You know, it was that, but you know, I, you know, it's that whole thing about not having regrets and all that kind of stuff. But I do feel that I wish I had kind of left that life behind sooner than I did um, so not failure as such but something that perhaps I could have dealt with better at the time or I, I could have left sooner and, and I think the reason for that is fear um, you know uh, coming from you know I've always worked I've always worked all my life be that in IT or the police or you know I remember doing a milk round when I was like 14 and working in a factory and becoming a you know uh, like a driver's mate you know driving up to uh, you know with long distance lorry drivers you know helping them keep awake and helping them load the lorries I've, I've always worked but i've always worked for somebody so coming from uh, a, a very safe and secure job like the met police to actually not having thirty thousand friends and working on your own and making your own decisions and and all of that kind of stuff is there's something to be frightened about and it's also the comfort, you know, the, the, the comfort zone that you're in, you know, I, whether I sort of turned up for work and put 100% effort in or put 50% effort in one day, I thought, you know what, I'm going to take my foot off the gas today. I'm still getting the paid the same amount of money. Um, you've got all that, that security of, you know, the pension and everything else that goes with it. When you work for yourself, You've got to, you're starting from zero. You've, you've got to think about all of those things. So it's a big move and it's a scary move. Um, so I guess that kind of answers the question. It's, you know, I wish that I'd left sooner and didn't, you know, wasn't so miserable for so long. But it is what it is. And I've learned from it. It answers the, the, uh, the question perfectly. But do you think that the, you mentioned your early career, Milkman at 
14, for instance. <laughs> so that was very much drilled into you in terms of a, a value. Do you think that work ethic that, that's carried over to your career now, do you think that's really helped? Yes, I think that to, to not carry over your lessons learned or the values that you learn from right from the, you know, the very start is, you know, it's an important one. You should take everything. You know, I, there's lessons that I learned in the police that I in, sort of use in my day-to-day -day job now, in my, my, my work, you know, the ability to deal with, you know, the confidence to stand up in front of thousands of people or the confidence to stand up in front of, you know, large groups of people and ask them to do something or tell them to do something takes, you know, takes a bit of confidence to do that. Being able to talk somebody down from jumping off of a, off of a bridge and, you know, being able to, you know, bring those skills in, but also the skills that I learned, you know, from a kid, you know, my, my, my parents were, weren't very, you know, council house. We didn't have very much money, but we always lived well. You know, we, we, we it's, it's, the value of money it wasn't about the money it was about the value of it you know working hard got you something in return and it got you recognition it got you all of those kinds of things so yeah I, I, I do believe that things that I learned back then when I was working that work ethic that you know um, managing expectations you know knowing that if I was extra nice to that particular person where I was dropping off the milk to, I would always get a bigger tip, you know, little things <laughs> like that teaches you those lessons. You know, if I'm extra nice to that person, I'm going to get, oh, that person's a bit of a, you know, isn't a very nice person. So I'll just drop the milk there and go, you know, there's no point in me hanging about, you know, little things like that. You just sort of learn to appreciate people. I think everything about running your own business should be about people. Yeah, totally agree. So flipping the switch from the biggest failure, to um what are you proudest of i suppose i, I think it's it, it's a difficult one I and mean, there's, there's been lots of moments in my life that i'm extremely proud of or things that i've done that were you know really hard and i achieved them and you know you know it's like that ticking a, a, a ticking something off on the box you know you know i got to mount everest you know mm. a base camp i i did a what's called a uh, it's a very tough course in the in the military called the long range reconnaissance patrol school you know i passed a course there and there were all things that i learned a lot from and i take pride that i did that but i, I think the pride now is is more about that holistic view of where i am and who i am and what i've done um all, all encompassing one you know i'm proud of my family proud of my children you know and I'm grateful. I think it, it's, it's, I want to swap out the word pride with gratefulness because I think that that's, that's more important to me. It sounds as though you're at the stage of, uh, tell, please tell me if I'm totally wrong, but it sounds as though you're at a stage of life now where you, you mentioned the word holistic. So everything overlaps with everything. So you don't have family time which is very separate to your business, which is very separate to your hobbies or the rest of your life. You're actually sort of designing your life to be, you're designing your, your life to have a level of happiness, um, which is very all encompassing rather than very separate. Does that make sense? 100%. It's not about an end goal. 
Um, it's not about it will be better when this happens or I want when I get to this stage or when that happens or what, what you know, what's going to happen next week. Or it's about it's about right now. It's what I've got right now. That's what's important to me. That's my purpose. It's it's you know, I could save up and become a millionaire or whatever, you know, work my but that's not what I want to do. I want to live my life. Um, I think when you've experienced such a loss mm. and um, you kind of focus on what's really, you know, the, the, the stoicism I mentioned earlier, it, it's about, you know, focusing on what's really, really important and disregarding the stuff that isn't important at all. You know, why should I worry? I don't watch the news anymore. It's all of that kind of stuff. I, why should I worry about this and worry about that when, everything that's important to me is right here in front of me couldn't it's agree journey. more yeah absolutely yeah. here's a journey yeah um and talking about journeys we've reached the end well not the end but we've reached the final three questions of the podcast ah. um so i'm just going to rattle through them um you can answer in as um well your answers can be very short or very long whatever you like but the first the first question the first question is, what does success look like in your creative business and life? Well, I mean, everybody's going to be different, a different answer to this, I'm sure. Mm, um, that's the for fun. Me, it, yeah, for, for me, it's the here and now. It's, um, it's freedom, it's family, um, it's, it's the here and now and appreciating and having gratitude for what I've got. For me, you know, success is the here and now. It's being able to not wake up in the morning worried about what I'm going to do next. It's about going on holiday. It's about spending time with my family. It's about living life here and now because we don't know what's going to happen next week. We don't know what's going to happen next month. It's the success for me is being able to do what I want and the freedom to do it with my family. Freedom and family. Love that. So the second question is what book or resource has had the biggest impact on you now this can be of course in, in your business but if there's um or you can widen it out to your life whatever you like um i, th I suppose the a book i would say for me that's been most useful sort of in the last few years has been the book called the daily stoic the stoic should i say i think it's by ryan hartley i think he wrote it it's not the sort of book that you sort of pick up and read and, you know, chapter after chapter. It's basically, um, you know, a daily uh, anecdote quote from, from the ancient Stoics. So from, you know, the ancient Greeks and the Romans, um, Marcus Aurelius being the most famous one, famous Stoic. And it, it, it's, it's about picking it up every so often and just reading a couple of passages and it helps keep things into perspective. There's things in that they were talking about 2000 years ago that are quite relevant today. And, and I find that a lot of um, coaches, you know, life coaches, business coaches, a lot of the things that they talk about, actually, I can find, I find links back to stoicism, the whole, um, you know, concentrate on the things that you can concentrate on, you know, don't worry about the things that you can't control. All of that kind of stuff is part of the stoic philosophy. So I'd say that that has been a great resource for me. But the other big resource for me was the Strongman charity. Um, you know, I, I draw upon their strength when I'm feeling out of sorts and, and I give back to them as well. And I think that it's a mutual exchange. And I think that's a massive um, positive resource for me. 
Brilliant, thank you. Yeah, and it was um, the book was Ryan Holiday. He's also got oh, a, a yeah. He's also got a um, a podcast um, called The Daily Stoic, which is yep. um, I don't know if you've listened to it, but it's it's, it's maybe some of them are two or three minutes long, um, and then it goes on to the next day and then the next day. Um, but he does take little excerpts, little comments from the book. So yeah, anybody interested in that? Absolutely, it's very interesting. I recommend it. I do listen to that podcast. Yeah, it's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. All right, Graham, just before we go um, on to third and final question, do you want to give your, uh, do you want to give yourself a plug uh, in terms of social media, in terms of websites, in terms of anything you like? I'm very easy to find. I'm grahambakerphotography.com. There's, uh, there's no easier way to remember other than my name and I'm a photographer and you'll find me. Um, you know, I love LinkedIn, you know, check me out. I'm always happy to to connect with new people and expand my network. I promise I won't sell to you. I'm not that. I'm not. I don't work that way. Um, I'm about building relationships, not flogging a dead horse. Brilliant. Thank you. So, final question: What piece of advice would you give to a person starting in your industry tomorrow? Don't do it because there's not enough work going around. No, I'm joking. There we go. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. There's lots of work out. You're half joking. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's not that at all. It's, I think, I think we've kind of already answered this question. Or uh, we talked about it. It's, it's yeah. you've got to learn to love the business side as well. Um, you may be the best photographer in the world. You might be brilliant at portraiture. You might whatever it is that you're brilliant at. If you're not able to get a grasp of the business side of things and enjoy that, you're never going to make it in business um, as a photographer. There's a huge amount of competition. I don't see it as competition. I see it as, you know, I mean, obviously there's lots of things that you do that I do and you know, there's, there's crossovers there, but I see it as you're a colleague. You're a colleague that's doing it. There's plenty of work out for everybody and we help each other. And I think that's the important thing. Um, always you know, learn the business stuff as well. I think it's just so important. Um, um, you know, and back to that competition thing, just to finish on, you know, I have a saying that I used to say a lot during the sort of lockdowns of previous years is that the rising tide lifts all the boats in the harbour. You know, you're a photographer, I'm a photographer. I, I've got a lot of photography friends. We help each other out. And um, whether you're a small business or a big business, we help each other out. We all come for it together. And that's kind of really what it's about. Yeah, I totally agree. It's about collaboration, not competition, isn't it? And the, yep. the the longer, I think it's very easy at the start to see everybody as competition, but actually the more you go on, um, you realise that actually there's, there's only one of us um, and most photographers are freelance. Um, and if you're booked for a day, you're booked for a day. Now, if you've got a, a trusted network, you can say to, the, to a client, I can't do it but I know just a person that's, that's great, isn't it? Um, and it's that word of 100%. mouth. It's, it's brilliant for, um, for business development. And also one thing, just before we sign off, one thing that um, I've taken from this conversation is how, how seemingly good at building a business that fits into your life rather than the other way around. And that's, that's a huge value point from, from my side so thank you for for sharing everything that you have thank you for your honesty um i've really really enjoyed it we've run over um actually 
but I make no apologies. <laughs> well, I can apologise to you for taking up your time, but I make no apologies because I've had a, a lovely time. So thank you so much for joining me uh, today. It's been a really amazing, deep, heartfelt and valuable conversation. So thank you. No, well, thank you. And no apologies needed because I've been equally enjoyed the conversation. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you've hated it, keep quiet. But if you've loved it, you can support the show by sharing it with anyone who may love it too. Have a nice one and I'll see you next time for another episode of Squaring the Circle.